Well, it, it's uh, the, the premier college arm in, in the draft. I mean, it's probably the, the arguably the premier pitcher in the draft. I know a lot of guys were high on the number three pick, Jackson Job from Oklahoma uh, City High School, uh, up up there just north of us. But uh, Lighter's polished. You know, he's got the pedigree of his dad, Al, uh, Uncle Mark. And uh, I tell you what, the, the Rangers have a chance to, to see him move faster to Sisson and be part of the rotation. And then 2023, 20, let's say, I know right when their competitive window's opening. So uh, it was a pick that just made a lot of sense and uh, for a lot of reasons, but pri- primarily being that Jack Leiter's a heck of a pitcher. Jeff, the Rangers did go a little bit heavy on pitching, and, and is that what they needed more than anything else, just to find out where they're going to be able to get their strengths and, and get this thing rolling in the right direction? Yeah, you know when you look at their when you look at their farm system, uh, it, it's pretty heavy on position players. You know, a lot of their most of their top prospects are are you know, position players. Um, not a ton of pitchers. You know, Dane Dunning was one before the season. He's graduated now. Uh, no longer a prospect status. You have Cole Wynn, but uh, I mean, Leiter's going to jump right to the top of that board. And uh, you know, some of these some of these other guys. You know, some prep pitchers. You, you, you know, they're going to take a little while, but. The Rangers, there are a couple, a couple college players that they selected, a couple pitchers that they expect to uh, rise quickly. Uh, probably relievers, but uh, you know Casey Lee from Alabama being one of them, and and these guys have a chance to to get to get to the show quick and, and, and help out the Rangers that way. Jeff, in this rebuild process that the Rangers are, are in, do they have in the system or do they have at the major league level, in your opinion, that feature player that they're going to build this team around? I, I I am a huge Joey Gallo advocate. I I think that trading Joey Gallo uh, this month at the deadline would be a mistake. Uh, this is a guy that that when he's right, which he he has been for the past month, he's he's an elite hitter. Uh, he he has he has skills that no other player in baseball has. I mean, he he can do all three things. He can hit. He can run. He can he can play terrific defense and. And I, I know he can be a free agent after next year, but he is also on record saying that he's not going to break the bank. He wants to stay with the Rangers. And I, honestly, I mean, I I think that this is this is a guy you want to to, to sign and, and and build around. And you know, Josh Young is coming. He's at he's at uh, Frisco. Uh, he's probably going to be in the major leagues at some point this year. I'd imagine Sam Huff gets him at bats at the end of the year. So th- there are guys who are close. Uh, you know, COVID slowed everything down for everybody. But um, you know these are these are guys that have a chance to make an impact, and 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 sooner than later. How much did winning the Gold Glove change Joey Gallo, and as far as his approach and everything? You know he 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 wants to be a good baseball player. He he always you know when he was younger was was really kind of bothered that that people said all he did was hit home runs. I mean if you if you watch if you watch nine innings of Joey Gallo, you know, obviously you're going to have a chance for exciting at bats. Uh, but even like when he pops it up to left field, the, the, the guy is almost a second base by the time the ball comes down in, in, in somebody's glove. Uh, defensively, we've seen the arm. Uh, you, you, you know what he can do as far as covering ground. He's got surprising speed for a guy who's six foot four and 250 pounds. Um, and and I, I think just the defense of aspect, you know, changes the way people people look at a guy like that. You know, he, he is not just one dimensional, and uh, you know, he, he takes a lot of pride in that defense. When they, you mentioned the uh, the uh, trade deadline. When the trade deadline approaches, are the Rangers sellers of, of players, or what are they looking to do as we approach the deadline? 
Yeah, you know, they're, obviously everybody's going to think they're sellers. They have they have Gallo, um, who teams are going to be interested. Kyle Gibson, who some really good contending teams could could use. Uh, Ian Kennedy, the closer, I would I would be shocked if he's not traded because he's just you know a one on one year deal. Um, but I, I also would it wouldn't put surprise me if the Rangers found an opportunity to try to to try to upgrade their roster. Uh, and and be buyers. Uh, they you know there is depth in the farm system. I, I know that a rebuilding team probably doesn't want to trade uh, too many good good prospects. But if the right deal's there, it, it can happen. You know, when when you go back to 2015, the Cole Hamill trade was what was designed for 2016 and beyond because you know 2016 was going to be the year that you Darvish came back off of Tommy John surgery, and they were going to have this this in theory terrific pitching tandem for two or three years, but. You know, it ended up working out that the Rangers won the division that year. But if you if you go back and, and read the stories at the time, it was about 2015. So I, I wouldn't put that past uh, John Daniels and Chris Young. Going back to Joey Gallo last night in the home run derby, it looked like he got a little bit gassed, but in not moving on in that round two and, and getting defeated in round one, that may not be the worst thing. I, I noticed on Substack that you said that could be a good thing for Joey Gallo heading into the second half. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, <laughs> uh, Pete Alonso, I think, is kind of a freak of nature, and, and he didn't look the least bit tired. But, you know, how about Otani and, and Soto after they, they <laughs> to, to sudden death? I mean, those guys looked like they were about to drop. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard thing. You know, Freddie Freeman said that it's it's the most taxing thing he's ever done. And, and so, and, and you know. You, you can see coming out of breaks. I mean, I think Aaron Judge is the most recent example. He won, he won the Derby a few years ago and then kind of went into a slump there. It wears you out. And and the thing is that the, you know an all star an all star game appearance isn't just showing up and playing a couple innings in a game. It's it's a Derby. It's media day. It's this you know all star parade that they had today. You, you jump through a lot of hoops when you're an all star and you don't get a ton of rest. And so uh, yeah, it absolutely is a good thing. Um, in, in a way that, that Gallo didn't advance. Now, I would have liked to have seen him win the thing personally, but um, yeah, I, I think Rangers fans ultimately and the Rangers themselves are going to be glad that they're going to have their best player uh, as close to 100% for the, the start of the second half. Talking with Jeff Wilson from Substack.com here on ESPN Central Texas 523. And Jeff, talk a little bit about Adolis Garcia. I, I'm fascinated by this uh, by this player. Here's a guy having a terrific season, an all-star season, and yet he was not on a major league roster to begin the year. Yeah, you know, and, and even if you want to go a little further back, uh, when, when the Rangers traded Andrus, uh, and they acquired Chris Davis and Jonah Heim. They needed a 40-man roster spot, and so they designated a Garcia for assignment, and he cleared waivers. So every team could have had a shot at this guy as, as recently as the week before spring training started, but but he, he made it through. Uh, obviously, the Rangers are, are delighted with that. Uh, it, it's an interesting story. You know, the, you know, every player's development path is different, and, uh, you know, sometimes it just takes an opportunity, and, and I think Garcia sensed, with this team where it is that he had an opportunity, he made a couple adjustments uh, to his swing and his approach in the offseason, and now he's, a, he's an all-star. And, you know, he, he hasn't been as hot as he was, let's say, in May when he really kind of burst onto the, the scene and was the AL Rookie of the Month. Um, but it's uh, he, he hasn't, like, fallen off the face of the earth either. He's still a productive player. Uh, he, he's made adjustments as the league has adjusted to him. And that's that's as good an indicator as you can ask for 
if you're evaluating you know, this guy for the future and, and making sure he's not a, a one-year wonder, it looks like he has the makings and the athleticism and the intelligence to, to go ahead and, and, and be a good player for, future, for, for years to come. Jeff Wilson, Substack, with us here on ESPN Central Texas, talking Texas Rangers. And Jeff, for the Texas Rangers, is it imperative they fix the starting rotation or the bullpen first? Well, I, <laughs> I think you got to go with the rotation. I mean, uh, you you look at the best teams. Uh, obviously, starting pitching gets them in. And I know when you get to the playoffs the last few years, that that teams have have, have really with with the best bullpens have have leaned on them and not let their starter go, you know, more than three, two times through a rota- uh, a batting lineup. And, and I get it, but uh, you, you get there with starting pitching. Um, and, and the Rangers have some candidates, but they're, they're a little far away. And, and so I think that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see kind of a make, uh, makeshift rotation next year, maybe with some prospects finally showing up and getting in there. But I think 2023 is the year where the, the, the rotation has a chance to, uh, to, to be something filled with young, talented guys. And, uh, you know, guys you're going to get to know and, and that they'll hang on to for, for several seasons. Jeff, uh, when, when you look at this team and, and the rebuild process that they're going through, how do you evaluate it uh, from, from, your, from your perspective? I mean, are you looking at wins and losses? Are you looking at individual player development? What, what are you looking at to say, yeah, this, this, this club is going in the right direction? Yeah, it, it's tricky, you know, because the wins and the losses doesn't give you a lot of uh, lot of hope. So you kind of look at the way they play. You know, the, the the Rangers have played a lot, a lot of close games. Um, you know, they they've gotten blown out a couple times, but you know, that happens to every team. And but so so that's the that's the place to start. These guys are competitive. They're not they're not afraid. These young players are are showing up every day. Uh, you know, good or bad. They're doing the work. Uh, you, you do see incremental signs. You know, I, I think uh, the you know, like veteran players, like uh, I, I know, I know this one's a head scratcher, but Mike Fultonevich, he, he's gotten better as the season's gone along. Um, you, you look at Nate Lowe; he went through his little slump. He's gotten better here of late. Um, it, it it is up and down. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. But that's just the byproduct byproduct of the young team. Uh, I, I think the second half, you know. Rangers are going to want to see more from Nick Solak. They're going to want to see a little more consistency from uh, Kiner Falefa offensively. Um, but but there's, there is growth. I, I, I know it's hard to believe. I mean, Jonah, Jonah Hine, for instance, the, the catcher who was hitting, I don't know, a buck 20 uh, a couple months into the season, he's picked up his average in power production. So um, you, you do take it in on a, you know, you look individually, but you kind of look collectively at, at, at a, as the team at a whole. Are they competitive? Uh, are, are they showing up every day? Uh, have certain facets gotten better? Like the bullpen, has the bullpen gotten better? Has the offense gotten better? And, and there are measurables that suggest that, yes, it's headed in the right direction. And, and I guess the big thing is that's what the, the Rangers believe. Yeah, that's what the experts believe. So um, you kind of take their word for it, too. Jeff, tell us a little bit about Substack.com and, and what we can find uh, from you on Substack. Yeah, uh, it's it's Jeff Wilson's Texas Rangers newsletter, uh, jeffwilson.substack.com. It's uh, it's it's basically the coverage I was doing at the other place. Just now, I'm doing it independently. I'm a maroon boss. Uh, I'm writing more about the minor leagues, which I really enjoy. And and as the Rangers go through this rebuild, it's it's stuff that fans need to. These are names that you guys need to know about. And 
latch on to and, and understand what's happening in the minor leagues because they're going to be part of this uh, core uh, when it when it gets turned around. So uh, you know you can sign up for free email that gets dumped in your uh, inbox every morning, and then uh, there's a paid subscription for five ninety nine or for a, a month or sixty dollars for a year, and uh, it's good stuff. I got T R Sullivan, the, the, the great Rangers writer, uh, who, who's now writing for for me. So. Um, there's a lot of good stuff, so I hope you guys are checking it out. Jeff, thanks. Appreciate your time today. No, you got it, guys. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. That is uh, Jeff Wilson from uh, Substack.com. And, and 